This is Kevin Eastman, co-creator of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and you're listening to Shell Shock. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 4 of Shellshocked, a Ninja Turtles podcast. Today we're going to be talking about the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, the new one coming out pretty soon. Anyway, I'm Josh, and with me we have Andrew, Colton, Bing, Jeff, and Isaac. Anyway, let's take it away. Alright, hey everybody, uh, so we're talking about the new TMNT movie, or is it just an uh, NT movie? Uh, coming from Paramount, produced by Michael Bay, not directed, and uh, got nice little tidbits of news and everything like that. Let's uh, get some opinion going around and whatnot. First off, Michael Bay. Really? Why, God, why? Hey, wait, 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 wait. Before we go into like, the opinions about each section, why don't we recap what news is? Because I, I can't even remember what's public, to be honest. Yeah, so, thank you. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, go. We know the, we know the cast. Uh, do we know the whole cast? We only know a few, don't we? Know, the, turtles. the Turtles and Splinter. Yeah. Turtles, Splinter, and then... We know Megan Fox is... In a lead role, we don't know what, and Megan Fox... And, uh... Who's yeah, Splinter? I totally missed that. Oh, you know, I'll have to look it up. Uh, a little person. A little yes. person? No, no. Very specific. He's a white guy, which is what's getting me. Seriously? Seriously. There, yeah. Don't even Where's the zombie of Mako when you need him? Danny Woodburn. I, I guess. Uh, I guess Charlie and Fat was. Too, I guess Charlie. I guess Charlie and Fat was too busy. Well, I mean, it's, well, it's it's a weird thing. Like you know, it's people. I, I looked at the boards and the comments on the movie sites, and like, why isn't he? Why isn't he Japanese? Well, but he's not really supposed to be Japanese. It's a rat that mutates into a bigger rat. And yeah, but he's a <laughs> Japanese rat, and the fact that he speaks with heavily accented Japanese in every other version. But is that, just... but, but that doesn't make sense because he only learned to speak in New York. Okay, wait, 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 wait. This is. This is this is where we're gonna draw the line. Is is that he speaks he speaks Japanese? And I realize it's a little <laughs> he, he should speak like a New Yorker. I, well, they they all should. But then again, you have Michelangelo, who's always sounded like wait a minute. from how? California. Well, we should we shouldn't worry too much about how they've always sounded in the past. I mean, this should be a, yeah. a new style. Uh, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it's gonna be rubbish. However, you know, yeah. you shouldn't need to be beholden to every you know yeah. cartoon and. Before. Yeah. Well, like you know, we were just we were just we were just discussing this quite heatedly earlier. Like, you know, like every every incarnation has its merit, and like I try to have respect for every incarnation. Like, that we're not not, and like the point being is, I I pointed this out on the forums before. You know, we're they're not going to be able to please everyone. Everyone's got their own likes and dislikes about the franchise. Like, you know. Like, even with specific incarnations, like, you know, some people like this character, some people like that character. It's like, everyone's got their own, everyone everyone likes their own flavor, you know? I, I've been actually really surprised at how ridiculously heated the discussion has become online. Yeah. But then again, okay. again it, 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 it also surprised me how big yeah. the... The, the news buzz was about the initial aliens thing, yeah. um, you know, like an, way outside of the news boards. So yeah. the, the opinions on this is heavy, mm. like really heavy. And some of the discussions, 
I don't know. I don't. I don't know if I if I dig these people's kind of beef with it. You have to kind of let it be. It is exactly. And the whole key about being a fan is your passion that you care. That's a good thing because you like a product, you support it, you show you show your own interest, and you're always talking about. It. But the problem, of course, always comes down to well, you have your own idea of what is good and what is not, and that well, can, that can clash pretty hardcore. Well, the, the... I, I was going to say the the one okay. I I've this is something I've been paying attention a lot to in in media in the last few years is the representation of women and the representation of people of color. Now, Turtles in every incarnation has been a little bit racist. Look, by, a, by a little bit, I'm I'm saying quite a bit. The Japanese stereotypes are horrible. The fact that that you turn that that Splinter gets turned from a Japanese man into a rat. That's like World War II level USA propaganda stuff going on there. That's why you stick to the original origin, where he is just a rat who becomes humanoid. Yeah, but even then, even then, the only person of color in the original series. Ma! We're doing that. Jesus Christ! Whoa! <laughs> this is bad. Aaron, stop. I know. I'm sorry. I know my my social justice warrioring going on. But the you only people of color in the first original in the original comic were Baxter Stockman, who was a black guy. And then you got Splinter, who's, you know, ostensibly Japanese, but an animal. And then there's the Shredder, who's a bad guy in Japanese. Wasn't so it's April just like, originally uh, supposed to be all the like, bad guys No, well, April, April, from what I understand, was modeled after Eastman's girlfriend at the time, who was, I believe, that. biracial. And then over time, her... I mean, someone please correct me if I'm wrong. No, I, mean, I don't think... But, 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 but I don't know, you're... I'm thinking I, I, about this Splinter thing. I'm just kind of like, you know, you, you kind of make it sound like Eastman and Laird were sitting around their coffee table going, ha ha, we'll give it to those Japos. No, 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 no. And, and that's the thing. And this is, this is something, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to say that, that Eastman and Laird are, I mean, they're, they're a product of their time. Look at every other movie in the eighties. Look at, all you have to do is look at 16 candles and you have long duck dong. I mean, that this is just uh, a background radiation level of racism that existed in the eighties. It was ubiquitous. They would never, no one, no one paid attention to it. It it's, was it's, always it's, just there. It's, it's not hateful racism. It's ignorance. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, the only, it's, it's the background only thing I, radiation. Uh, really off the top of my head that goes, oh, racist thing is in the first movie when April's like, what, I'm behind on my Sony payments again? To a bunch yeah. of ninjas. The thing, yeah. the thing is, is that what I find fascinating about what I find fascinating about that statement is the fact that that so often we are we are it's pointed out to us that the turtles, in essence, are colorless and broke all sorts of race barriers in oh, the eighties. Well, they 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 broke all sorts of race race barriers in the eighties with the toys and the cartoon because they. They they were outcasts, outsiders, you know, colorless. That you, know. you never that like when playing turtles as a kid. I never heard anyone be all like, "Well, you can't be this character because you know you're not the same color as this character." Nobody was the same color. As the <laughs> no, no, you're no, not no. green. You can't play a turtle. <laughs> I mean, no, I, that's not what I mean. Time, I'm saying. I mean, what, what it appealed to. Rangers came along, and it was all like, "You can't be the black ranger. You're a white dude." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that's that totally different. Didn't happen, you know, with the turtles. It was just kind of like, "Oh yeah, whatever color, you know, you're Donatello. That's fine." Yeah. Um. Unless every- you were a girl, in which case, then you were only allowed to be Irma or April O'Neil. I had a, I had a second cousin. I used to play with turtles all the time with my second cousin. She always insisted on being Michelangelo. She just, she loved Michelangelo, so she always had to be her, be Michelangelo. Which is so surprising to me. That's another kind of 
I know this is going completely off topic, um, but that was always kind of one of the, the things that surprised me when I got a little older and I actually saw the movie Fast Times at Ridgemont High and how kind of subversive it was for them to have turned Spicoli, um, Sean Penn's character from that movie, and they, they mean they very heavily cribbed him. Well, it was it was very much the voice cast who did that. But yes. anyway, total anyway, side yes, Going back, going back. Going back to that casting, though, like uh, Danny Woodburn as Splinter. Like, I mean, can, can anybody kind of maybe think of some sort of logic as to how that came to that um they were this is horrible and i'm already having white liberal guilt for saying it um i'm thinking they they cast him because they're doing motion capture and they wanted someone the proper size who could (laughs) act i don't know i don't know if i dig the size thing because the size thing i don't think applies it's just that that doesn't make sense yeah no because because we got like six foot muscle men playing the turtles this time around. If it's motion capture and it's going to be CGI, they can shrink yeah. and reduce. The yeah, and well, it, yeah, it, but then you, you still need to. If you're going to do that, you need to do something like what they did with Lord of the Rings. And in yeah. that case, if you're going to have uh, non bigger actors, you're going to need to double cast yeah. everybody. And, and so that means you need to make <laughs> extra sets and, of every prop. And correct me if I'm wrong, but we we still don't know exactly what route they're going as far as like how much is going to be CGI, how much is going to be practical, like. Yeah. Will there be some aspect of guys in suits and, or combined with CGI? Right. It, it is also not only like his size, but I was thinking like in terms of like maybe like maybe like other roles he's played, how he acts, how he sounds, all those things. Like, is there was there something that anybody can really think of that goes, oh yeah, this is why they chose him? I mean, I know they didn't they choose basically a bunch of unknowns for the turtles themselves. Yeah. Or am I wrong? Yeah, but but I mean, it was just yeah, they're 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 yeah for the most part. And, that, and that's and that goes right back to the size thing, where I, I think it's totally, yeah, it's relatively irrelevant because people have started freaking. Oh my god, you know this guy's six foot tall. And first of all, I don't really care if they made the turtles six feet tall. I think it's kind of like okay, that's what we're going to worry about. The fact that they're supposed to be three and a half feet tall. At least they didn't make them, you know. Oh, now they're red instead of green or something yeah, I mean, ridiculous. I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, for me, it's like it's like there's all this hubbub about oh, they're aliens. There's this. There's that. And, and it's like, well, Jesus, I mean, that's that's like the least of the possible worries in this. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Story, yeah. The and to the direction. Yeah, if that, if that, to Michael that Bay, Colonel, if that well, whole that, Colonel Schrader like, thing, I feel like you know, the Michael that, Bay thing is overstated, but I understand. Yeah. 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 I do see his fingerprints on a lot of aspects. And you know on dead bodies. It's, you know, what's funny is, you know, at first I wasn't sure I was going to like the idea of Megan Fox's April. But, oh. But. For weird, some weird reason, it's growing on me now. The idea of her being April, I'm. I think to... I, I think she can do a good job. I think I think it's yeah. legit. I mean, you know, you know, say say what you will about her, and, and I think that it's it's one of those you love to hate moments, right? It's like, yeah, she's not that bad, and she was really funny in that uh, Judd Apatow movie. You know, I recently. really liked her in Jennifer's Body. I thought she did I've, a really good job in Jennifer's fine. Body. I mean, I, I don't know what, what people. <laughs> it's like my, my no. Hey, there was a really fun. There's been this mob mentality about the Transformers movies and all oh, these these suck and yeah two yeah. and three are pretty horrible but I mean I remember wow, all I got went down with the ship really, on that and now it's like it's it's kind of cool to, yeah. to hate Megan Fox and oh no she can't be April O'Neil but it's like really April O'Neil is not Shakespeare it's like fuck who cared put anybody in that role yeah well you know exactly. my, my beef with it was was less about Megan Fox being cast as April O'Neil as it was Megan Fox 
willing to work with Michael Bay again. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that's that. Yeah, that, I think that'd be a uh, sign. After her statements and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah like, and it, and it wasn't even him giving her a job. It was her being like, "I'm like, does does she need does she need a new boat? Like, is she hard up for money? Because I can only that." The idea of her wanting to work with Bay, not even her working with Bay, or not Bay casting her, seeking her out, but of her wanting to get involved in another one of his projects is what boggles my mind, and I would, I would love to, you know, hear more information about. Well, the funny thing is, it is like totally just an observational thing from all this ridiculous experience that we're being thrown into in the Hollywood land and it's like it doesn't surprise me whatsoever to have somebody publicly state how you know some ridiculous thing and they hate this guy and then you know they go and work with him because oh my god all of Hollywood like all of it from top to bottom is like I hate you I want to work with you I hate you too you know I'm gonna sue you I'm gonna sue you it's like everybody hates everybody and everybody's terrified of everybody it's like a microcosm of the entire country it's crazy so it's high school essentially oh it's it's insane on the day-to-day Michael Bay is a producer she doesn't have to work with him every day she doesn't have to take direction from him there's none of that going on so i, yeah. I could see her easily rationalizing things hey you know what like andrew you remember earlier today we were having an argument on the on facebook and in the end though it's like i still respect you i still like i still want to work with you on other stuff and it's like so it's like who cares if we have some stupid heated argument you know it's like who cares right i, I don't have any arguments with you you just get direct, exactly get it's mad. like you disagree to disagree i don't get mad you get mad no. yeah <laughs> I get home and I get a little peevish sometimes. I, and and bottom, bottom line is, it's it's for for those people, like for these people, it's a job. You know, yeah. it's yeah. like you know, you can hate your boss all you want, you still go to your job. Right. So this is that's what that's one of these things that we you know that you have to really step out of the whole uh, the whole you know yeah. Hollywood actor mentality and you know or celebrity mentality and go, oh yeah, these people are just working. You know, <laughs> she's a big turtle yeah. fan. Maybe she yeah, is. I gotta, I gotta wonder, oh, you know, based gosh. upon her prior roles and stuff like that, what kind of April are they going for um, in this one? Like, is she, is she basically just going to be like the cleavage damsel, or what's going on? You know, is she supposed to be supposed to be like the the girlfriend of the human character that we're going to see way too much of and a little too and not enough of turtles? They, or, they, you know, they, they might make her the girlfriend of one of the turtles. I hey. I would really need to see <sighs> more platinum dune stuff because at this point what she brings is really going to be dependent on the script that she's given. Hey, uh, yeah. And that, and and Megan Fox is going to have precious little input yeah. as to what 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 that is. And and of course if they if they do go in the same general um, softcore porn <laughs> layer oh of, of stuff I, of of going through and making it all tits and ass and explosions and dick jokes then then yeah that's the cleavage april is what you're gonna see like i remember i remember years ago could it be cleavage april with a heart gonna go that deeply because yeah, chances are good it very well so, so so are we seriously going with michael bay's racist alien big boobied explosions <laughs> oh my god, that is the best colon title funny. of the movie ever. Can we name this episode that? Uh, I think we I, 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 I gotta already listen, listen to it again. Listen to it again and try to you know, see see if you can write it down. Um the the thing is, is that I think she can actually. She has more chops than than oh, I think yeah. a lot of people give her credit for. So she can pull off whatever they th- they they throw at her. But it might, yeah, like you, like you just said, it, she has zero input on that writing. She's kind of been. She's kind of been at least by the public kind of typecast though. Is um, you know absolutely. But she's going to sell. She's going to sell two shorts and a tank top and have to wash a car. Coming off of a string of flops, I mean, she doesn't have any clout or anything. I'm pretty sure she's just coming off of like maternity leave. I don't think she's done anything all that recently since her kid was born, right? 
<laughs> give, give them time to get the sour out of their minds before the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. Yeah. But I don't I don't have a problem with Megan Fox. I'm I'm excited about Megan Fox. I'm actually kind of excited about some of the other dudes. Do you does anyone else watch the the Showtime show Shameless? or is it Showtime or HBO? No, Showtime show Shameless. I have not seen it. Cuz one of the one of the turtle actors. I really wanted uh, to bring this up before we change the subject, but I was about to mention like a while back there was an episode of, of uh, Two and a Half Men where Megan Fox made an appearance as the the maid's uh, granddaughter, and I just you know like you were talking about her being eye candy. I'm thinking you know that you know that is something I hope we don't see. Like you know like everyone's just gawking at her like oh my god, you know like I I do hope they don't go that route with her as April. What route uh, did they go in that episode of Two and a Half Men? Yeah, no, I think it's I think it's adaptable though. That's basically all they did in that freaking episode. Like oh, okay, like Charlie Allen, even the kid. We're all gawking at her. Oh, okay. And it was like, and this was back when the kid was prepubescent. And I'm like, <laughs> and of course, uh, you know, the maid. There's this running gag. The maid's like, the maid keeps saying to Charlie, "Don't even think about it. You wind up in jail." Right. Ah, uh, two and a half men. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. But anyway, and, and and back I, to the, the actors being the turtles. Um, I do. I do remember Alan Rickman from Smallville. You know, people who know me know I was a big Smallville fan. Uh, years back, and um, you know, I still, I still kind of am one because I read the season eleven comics. But anyway, yeah, I am kind of looking forward to like, like I know because you know the funny thing is, he kind of played this interesting. He did have this interesting take as Aquaman. Like he was kind of like I remember he was kind of like this. Uh, like actually, you know, the way I, you know, thinking back to it, he kind he would have also made a good Michelangelo based on the way he portrayed Aquaman on Smallville. I'm sorry. When you say Aquaman, all I can think of is Brave and the Bold. I, 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 yeah. And when you when you say and you say Alan Rickman, I think of Die Hard. <laughs> oh uh, my God, that'd be no, no, that would. Be, yes, no, Alan Rickman as Splinter. Alan, oh, that'd be freaking hilarious. Uh, uh no, but uh, no, you you just say an Aquaman, and I'm just, all I'm thinking of is just Brave and the Bold Aquaman and. Um, Let's go, chum, and do stuff underwater and things. <laughs> Aquaman and Batman head to the amazing adventure. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, no. Um, so you were talking about this Showtime show and one of the turtle actors, and um, yeah, it's it's called Shameless, and it's a remake of a British TV show, and it's basically about these people who live in suburban. Um, not suburban, but uh, Chicago, like the outskirts of Chicago. And they're basically like the most horrible people ever. And they have horrible people um, adventures. And I want to say it's Noel Fisher, right? Who plays Mickey? Well, you, I'm sorry. I'm on his IMDb page. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Here he is. Um, so, yeah, one of the guys on, on Shameless, he plays a bit character. actually plays one of the main characters uh, in the closet boyfriend who's like a bruiser who like hits people with pipes and stuff and he's cast as michelangelo and so it was it's just very very interesting because he's this little wiry dude but he acts really tough he's uh according to imdb he's from vancouver hmm. um but i i know it was it was interesting i'm i'm curious to see what all of these guys look and sound like again a little sad that once again they're all white boys but that's just you know I suppose oh, I should be thanking my lucky stars that we don't have to about, worry about like, 
Uh, we were talking about like nationalities and race and like race and stuff before. Um, you know who I thought would make a good Donatello, and this is kind of this is gonna be way out left field. Huh. I thought I kind of thought Rupert Grant would make a good Donatello. Huh? huh. I'd be curious Ronald Weasley. Yeah. My mind is is it, 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 my mind is full of fuck right now from what you just said. I just did it to mess with everyone. I mean, I, I care about who they cast as Shredder, and I care about. Uh, oh, they gotta have a good Shredder. Yeah, you. Love I Shredder. want to know what the hell Will Arnett is doing. Yeah, that that worries. Oh, oh, you know what? I know you. I know. Um, well, some people are, like a certain person on YouTube speculating that Will Arnett. No, no, no. Someone was speculating Will Arnett would make a good Vernon. <laughs> he actually they've already confirmed it's a it's a lead role and it wouldn't be Vernon. So. Ah, that's out. That, 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 that is, is assuming we're even bringing in like uh, the the news the new stuff. Well, no, they are bringing in the new. Well, I mean, at least a lot of the other reports I'm seeing yeah. about April about Megan Fox because her hair is now red. I saw. Yeah, uh, so she is going to be. Everything I've read points to sort of a Fred Wolf revival with yeah Bay elements and this and that. And you know, like I said too, it's like you know. Which is it's going to have both exact. good and bad things. Not everyone's going to like it. Some people might get a kick out of it, but like... I think, I think, the, the, I, I think the irony is going to be that, uh, and this is my prediction, is that uh, you know all the Fred Wolf fans, like for years and years and years, like, oh, I want to see Bebop and Rocksteady and Technodromes and Dimension X on the big screen. And mm-hmm. now they're finally going to get it, but it's going to be they are not going to be they're not going to like it. Or it's going to be so far... Or it's just going to be so far after the point that nobody cares about 80s right. nostalgia anymore and they're wondering where their power range is. Eighties nostalgia yeah, fans are dead. Yeah. You know, like because because yeah. I've just kind of noticed that it's like you know corporations are yeah, yeah, kind of moving you're, on you're, to you're they're moving gonna... on to nineties nostalgia now. They're kind of leaving me in my wallet behind already, and <laughs> so it'll, it'll it'll be kind of a too little too late, even if they do arrive. Right, oh. you're, you're you're just you're just gonna hear a loud scream in the theater. Where's Venus de Milo? And, then, and some people's hearts are gonna just die right on the spot. I, I think you I think you bring up a really interesting point though, but I think it's you 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 might be slightly off the mark in the only in the terms that uh, I don't know if I'd classify Turtles as as eighties nostalgia. Really, I mean, you're talking really it was the the end of the eighties, the beginning yeah. of the nineties for one thing, and and so so if you look at yeah, okay, was the perfect time to do Masters of the Universe and Thundercats maybe five years ago? Probably, you know. So this, I think, I think that there's a lot, and I've been feeling it out there in terms of there's a lot of pent up turtle love in a lot of regular folk. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, and I, I mean, people have opinions. We were, we touched upon that earlier. Using yeah. the phrase so many people. Love and some of the crazy turtle fans I've met. No, 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 no. Okay. Let, let, me, let me just rephrase. No, no, no but I mean, I'm saying, groupies. no, I, and I think this is, this is an interesting dilemma that I run into when I talk about, you know, our film, because it's like, everybody's like, Oh no, it's made for me. And I'm a huge fan. And I'm a super fan. And I go on, you know, message boards, and I talk about it, and I think about it, and I'm like, no, no, really, it can't be, because there's not enough of you out there to sell films to. Really, this is, this is, or enough of us, I should say. I would definitely put myself in there. Uh, but this is, you got to remember that this is for, you know, the everyday Joe Blow people yeah. who watched it, and it was millions and millions and millions of kids, and the one thing is that I've always noticed with this franchise, as I'm sure everybody listening to and, and here is noticed, that you could talk to almost anybody on the street about 
or, or wear a hat or wear a shirt or whatever, and, and everybody says something about it. And if I wore a G.I. Joe shirt or a Transformers shirt or whatever other franchise, I don't get nearly the same reaction from an average person who isn't a fanboy of anything. And I think that that's, and I think that really the Turtles is the prime moment right now. It's like this is the age window that you want to hit if you want to hit big marketing boom is right this moment. So yeah. I think that it is perfect timing. Well, I think once you get into demographics, though, I mean, really the people that grew up on, on the stuff at the peak, I mean, these guys are in their 30s and 40s, and I mean, that's, that's not really your prime demographic to box office hit. No way, man, unless... People that, people that, I mean, Transformers didn't, didn't uh, become a success because of nostalgia. It became a success because of its big fucking robots and... You know, no, a large, a large portion of it, a large portion of it was Transformers. The the general age demographic that people shoot for whenever you do any of this stuff is white males ages eighteen to thirty five, and that exactly. that catches white yeah. males eighteen to thirty five. Giant Transformers. The nerds are going to be happy they cast Peter Cullen. People are going to go and watch it because it's giant effing robots tearing things up. I mean, heck, yeah. you know, I had a friend of mine who was like, God, the feminism in this movie is horrible. But, man, I completely loved the, just hearing, you know, Optimus Prime yell Autobots roll out and seeing yeah. robots beat the crab out of each other. Yeah. And, and I think that the, the Turtles, again, like, I don't know if you're hitting the right math there, Andrew, because it's like, dude, I, I was prime Turtle age at, in 1990. So I'm not 30 yet. So it's like... That was the peak year. I mean, if you think about it, so we're just becoming the right age for. Because then, if if our generation starts having kids now, this is exactly when you want to take your son and or daughter and take them to uh, to this movie. You know, at at late late twenties, early thirties, right? So, I mean, sure, if you if you were lucky enough to fall upon the comics, maybe you are closer to early thirties, late thirties, or whatever. But uh, in terms of like the big marketing boom, you're still you're still only talking late '80s, early '90s, right? I, I I think I first watched the series like at the tail end of the peak, and I'm 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 still 25, so it, it has been a long time since that period. Okay, True. I'm I'm gonna be 36 on Saturday. 36. Happy oh, yeah. birthday! Thank Happy birthday! You. 4:20, boom. Um, no, I'm, and, and I can't even, I lost count of the number of times when it was, uh, announced that Platinum Dunes, that Bay was going to be producing this movie. I lost count of the number of people who contacted me through Facebook because I was like the way other girls were in junior high about new kids on the block. That's how I was about turtles back in, back in the day. Still am, but it, you know, I can afford it now and whatever. Um, and the number of people who, who only vaguely knew about the TV show were up in arms about it. Like, people who, who only knew about it through cultural, you know, pop culture osmosis. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone has an opinion on it. Everybody's yeah. going to go and see this, especially the amount of bad press. People will still go and see it because they want to see the spectacle. It's like, it'll be like watching a car crash, which isn't me saying that it's going to be bad because it might not be bad. And that's actually... that's say there's a great deal more awareness for this movie than, like, you know, the 2007... Oh, totally. Yeah, 100%. oh, definitely. And, and I mean, like, if they if they intentionally, and, and I don't know this, but if they intentionally release that other version or that bullshit, you know, about aliens or whatever, if they intentionally did that as a marketing ploy, that is the best money they never spent. Like that <laughs> <It really> is. <laughs> that is. Yeah. Ha hatred will sell a movie more than anything else. Oh, it's, actually, you know, it's actually that cultural osmosis. You might not be far off the mark. You might not be. It actually been. I don't know. 
it's actually that an cultural as most intentional leak of uh, nonsense. It's possible. And and even that, I mean, if, if they released that for just the movie, they probably succeeded in making the giving the Nickelodeon's new cartoon, which again I love, as much of a boost because you'd be like, well, all right, you know, I don't know if I'm going to see this movie, but I'm definitely going to watch this cartoon. So so the idea is they have the they have the fake advertisements for the alien stuff just to give you build up for the kind of Fred with stuff, and then you go to the theaters, it's Mirage, and you're like, what the fuck? Well, it's, it's not- <laughs> I, I, I'm just saying, like, just picture this, like, giant scheming mind thing that, uh, that <laughs> Michael Bay and company is playing just to get up everyone's emotions and get everyone in arms to go see the movie. No, I mean, I don't, I don't even know if it's that smart, but I think it, at the same time, it's like, I think they're all kind of going, oh my god, this is such perfect, you know, perfect timing, because it's like, yeah, maybe, maybe they were thinking about going that route, and then they didn't, and wow, what a great thing that we did to you know, piss everybody off, because yeah. <laughs> just, it's actually, but it, no, I was just saying, um, it was actually that cultural osmosis that was mentioned earlier that whole everyone has an opinion about it is how I've actually been learning news about this movie like I haven't been staying on top of it or searching no like, same yeah like that like you know I'm just kind of I, I log on to Twitter one day or I log on to Facebook one day and then you know I've got like five or six things being all like Josh what do you think about so and so being cast as a turtle and I'm just kind of like oh thanks for letting me know and, those, and yeah. I bet those people, those people that said that, probably aren't even remotely fanboys of the no, not, oh, not, no, like, not at all. Yeah, level, and, that, and it's totally true. I mean, even I mean, even though it's obvious, you know, obviously a connection. But my co-producer on the doc, the first I heard of casting, sent me <laughs> sent me the underwear model photos of the guy who's playing Raph, and it was like, <laughs> wow, you can see that guy's penis, amazing. Uh, <laughs> he's gonna be a well, turtle. <laughs> the, the guy playing Michelangelo again plays the gay lover of. <laughs> another character on the show and so we're watching this episode where they you know the guy's getting married oh, and i totally time. just spoiled shameless for people i'm sorry and he drags his lover in the back room and there's a not graphic sex scene but a sex scene and i you know tweeted michelangelo ladies and gentlemen and that was like pretty much it because i mean and, and now i'm reminded of that uh, adult comic that was passed around for teenage Mutant Ninja turtles at the office well you know in the uh in the source guide for the rpg it does say michelangelo is a hedonist so i mean <laughs> take that as you will oh my god oh, it's a all. Yeah. <laughs> i don't know i think it's funny that that uh yeah you know what I, I think that the 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 homoerotic scene in that in that is slightly less uh, controversial than than the uh, underwear models. Has anyone oh, ever has everyone what? ever been has everyone ever had a friend or roommate that saw you playing an Israel video game and thought and like just immediately thought like saw the nunchucks and, and like made a comparison to you know, with the, between them and dildos because I had a I had a roommate once do some some knucklehead like that. No. But no, last I time I was seen, last time I was seen by a roommate playing a turtles game, it was Turtles in Time on a used <laughs> SNES, and he said, "He said, oh shit, let me get in here on this." <laughs> yep, that's pretty much. <laughs> then, then we beat it. Well, I, 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 I've never heard of anyone saying that, but now that you've given us the idea, we totally have an idea for a ninja porno. Dildo yeah. I'm sure it's been done and done and done. No. And oh over and over and over. Oh, yeah, and, uh, exactly. You know, it's funny. Um, you guys are talking about too, like, you know, some of you get messages from from other people asking, what do you think of this? And like, I remember a couple about a year ago, I was at I was in college. I was taking an acting class and I had to walk around. We were doing this. Uh, we were doing this little exercise where we had to walk around and take down like we had to write down stuff we saw like in. In te- we had to write down, take down different. Um, we had to talk to people, and we would like write down what people say to us. 
and uh, I, I, I ran, I went to this little area of the, of the, uh, the, 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 the main building of the college where some kids were in a game room and one saw me wearing my Ninja Turtle jacket and like, Hey, did you hear about what Michael Bay, Hey, did you hear about what Michael Bay's doing? He's got to fuck up the Ninja Turtles. And then, like, so I, I wrote that down because, like, you know, I got in this big conversation about it. And then I, I went back to my class and I, I had it written down. Like, months later, um, I, I, gave, I gave that note to a, um, a couple other classmates and they used that in this little bit they did. And it was pretty funny. It's, it's kind of funny because you know, in terms of you know those messages and things like that, you know, a lot of people like they they, they kind of end those things. Like for example, the aliens thing. They're just kind of like, and man, you must be super pissed, aren't you? And I'm just kind of like, kind of like not really. It just it's just yeah. one of those things that makes me go, well, that's something I won't spend ten bucks on. Yeah. You know, it's just that's something I'll be pirating. You know, is <laughs> more what it more what it well, comes down to. It, 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 to me, to me, always the thing has been. What's the point of making the change? It's so much easier and lazier just to leave it alone and get the free, easy money. Well, that's the thing that always kind of confuses me, and I'm going to take us way, way off topic here. And I might have done this in the last podcast, but I am so high on decongestants right now, I couldn't be bothered to remember. Um, What was the point of of buying the rights to Hellblazer if you were going to make the Constantine movie and then completely change it? Like, why not just make your own movie that way? Instead of buying the rights. So if you're going to take the turtle thing, I mean, I'm all for changing something and making something, making your own story out of it. That, that makes perfect sense out of it. Of course. But, but why buy the rights specifically to something if you're going to completely deviate from the source material? Uh, on that, that note. something that's always confused me. On that note, how about that Super Mario Brothers movie? What the hell happened there? Yeah, that was. Uh, the 90s happened. That was a trippy movie. Don't get me wrong. Great idea casting for the lead, but. I don't know. Other than that, I did hear a rumor about that movie that the script that they all signed their contracts to was very different from the script that they ended up actually shooting, and so that a lot of them, a lot of the actors, were just like, "Well, here we are." <laughs> Why was John Leguizamo Luigi? That was a weird choice. Because of reasons. I remember. Yeah, yeah. I remember uh, Super Mario. I remember when I. First saw the Super Mario Brother movie. I was like, I was really excited. I was like, wow, I never heard of John Leguizamo. But oh, cool! It's the guy from Who Framed Roger Rabbit playing Mario. Good choice, like I said. But other than that, continually impressed with that man's um, American (laughs) accent. Continually impressed with his American accent (laughs) and his and his ability to take the script seriously, not walk out. I know, I know. Um, but but to to get back to the the turtle movie, when people started asking me that question, the first thing I could, the best thing I could come up with was, listen, I've lived through the old cartoon, the Pizza Hut traveling musical tour, the next mutation, all the other cartoons, all the other crap. Bring it, bring it, Platinum Dunes. Bring me your A game because you can't yeah. possibly make it any worse. I would love to steal that. Don't say that. They will throw it away. I would bring love it. to steal that explanation from you but like you know like go, going in and like saying something like that to co-workers that would just be another hour of me explaining what those things are <laughs> i mean the other day i had a conversation with a co-worker about um double dragon neon and how it is different the same and whatnot compared to like double dragon 2 and everything and i have this other guy standing there and he's like so this double dragon thing is something i should play right i'm just kind of like you're really making me feel old right now you know that right uh, so yeah, yeah. 
you know, I, I, I give, you know, more, more power to all of them. And I, I mean, I'm going to see what the trailer looks like before I decide whether or not I'm going to see it in the theater or whether or not I'll wait for it to be out of the theater. I am going to see it, though. I mean, there, there is no ifs, ands, or buts about it. There is only yeah. one turtle-related thing I haven't seen my, from beginning to my end. My opinion's fluid. We, we can all go to the same theater, just bring some beers along, and just enjoy the ride. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah. my, my opinion, like, when I said it earlier, I was just kind of like, oh, it's just something I'm not going to waste my money on. You know, it's like, my opinion's fluid. I know that there's a lot of things between here and there. I mean, when we first started hearing about a new Turtles movie and a new universe with a new this and that, you know, that was back when Mirage still owned everything, and it was like, yeah, this is going to be, you know, pretty much the Batman Begins of Turtles, and it's going to be really awesome and everything. And now, and then it, and then it's, you know, Aliens and Alien Turtles and Dimension X, or at least it was like a year ago. And it's the Batman and Robin now, of the Ninja Turtles movies. And, and yeah. now, now it's kind of, and now it's kind of, we now it's kind of up in the air again, so it's just, you know, my, my opinion's pretty fluid. You know, when it comes down to it, we'll find out when it actually if, if, if it's If it's good, it's good. If it's not, it's not. Although, of course, that's a different section of if it's good for a Ninja Turtles movie than if it's not good for that, but if it's good on its own as a individual movie, but not necessarily for the franchise in question. I mean, we have, you know, all different ranges of fan here, you know. I, I It might end up being something that I go and see, you know, and actually enjoy. It might end up being something, and, and then more than likely, it'll probably end up being something that, you know, Andrew, who I haven't heard chime in for a couple minutes, you know, might actually, uh, you know, he'll, he, he'll probably go see it anyway, but he's not going to like it nearly as much as some of us. So, he, he's going to hate it with the power of a thousand suns. He's going to throw a martini at the screen. <laughs> But no, I mean, I mean, again, to, to I bring know, it back I to gonna... a property that, that was made that was nothing like the source material, Constantine was nothing like the Hellblazer comics. Nothing like the Hellblazer comics. But you know what? I'll be damned if that movie wasn't damn entertaining. Well, yeah, I mean, my, my ignorance of those comics altogether, like, not knowing the source material and everything, like, I, because I didn't see any differences, it was just like, oh, this is a neat movie. Like, you know, it, it, I didn't have anything to complain about because I didn't know any better. For a long time, I didn't even know that was a comic book movie. I just thought it was just some random movie with the guy from Bill and Ted. Oh, look, it's Keanu Reeves again. Yeah, no, but anyway, the hell... I don't, even, I, don't even think, I don't even think The Matrix. I just think, hey, he's that guy from Bill and Ted. Right. No, but you were saying the Hellblazer comics, and I'm sorry I interrupted you. Oh, no, no, that's fine. Um, I mean, it's just, it was it was a complete departure. It was It was almost so different that the only thing that remained the same was, like, the names of the characters and vague notions of their backstory. Everything else was completely changed, and I went and I got, a, I got a free screener to go with it, and I took notes during it because I was so amped up on, on, on impotent fanboy rage at the time. And I'll be damned if I didn't walk out of that movie going, I was, I was entertained. Like, I, I, I would have paid money for it. It was Keanu Reeves. First of all, it was Keanu Reeves, who I find delightful. Um, it had uh, Tilda Swinton playing an androgynous angel, and I'm sorry, the wings in that movie were amazing, and she was amazing. And then they had Rachel Weisz in a black bra with a white shirt over it in a bathtub. Sold. I'm a very easy sell. I'm a really easy sell. Megan Fox is April. Yeah, yeah. All right, I'll, I'll, I'll go to see that. I like Megan Fox. Like I said, I, it I just depends on which April they do. You know, yeah. like, I can't really see her sitting at a desk on a farm, you know, drawing pictures of the turtles and having inner monologue I, and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, I could see her, I, but I could see her being a... She could do it. I, if she does I it, cool, hope. but I just can't see it. If she, if she does it, she's going to be in some that, ridiculous pose. I have hope that because Eastman is is vaguely involved, that, that vaguely. we'll get a decent, a decent April. In my opinion, uh, Kevin has always written the best 
or at least tempered some of the best April stuff we've seen. Well, and as long as it isn't, works. as long as it's more like Kevin and his involvement with IDW, and not Kevin with his involvement in Exputation. <laughs> oh yes, that great involvement there. I'm I'm sorry, I I've psychically blotted that out of my mind. <laughs> it, it watch it'll 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 just be the Venus de Milo movie. I will uh, reach through I, I the internet say... and I will choke you, Colton. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I was about to say, um. You know, what I would like to see is if maybe they took some more elements from the four kids series, like make April more like that version of April. I just want her to be a complete human being. Yeah, they I can, really they, don't they, think they, that's they, asking for too much. They could technically do that. Take a little bit from each and every single April that's ever existed and mix them together, all the good I human... I'm not a fan of the jambalaya of, of turtles. I think that's, that's creatively bankrupt and fan fiction-esque. <laughs> Throw everything in a blender and hit puree. Yeah. No, I just I don't I don't need April to have a training montage. I don't need her to kick ass. In my opinion, April is the strongest character when she's the Zeppo and she is the normal human being reacting to a world that is completely fantastic and out of her depth. Yeah. And that's yeah, what I want. She, she, she can be saved. I don't I don't need her to not be rescued. I just need her to be a three dimensional human person. That that's would be I'm nice. Okay I'm okay with her as like our our window to the turtles world and number one number two like you know the. the kind of the big sister slash den mother of the turtles. I, I'm cool with that. Uh, but beyond that, uh, we stray into, into nonsense. You, you, I guess you don't want to go towards any of the uh, various cartoons directions. Uh, I'm on the fence about the Nickelode- Nickelodeon version. It's endearing. I don't see much of her. No, there, there's yet. some things about the Nickelodeon version I, I do like about her. Like, for example, how, you know, they use her as kind of a as kind of a way to, you know, uh, I don't know, go in disguise and do something or whatever, which is something they kind of touched upon, like, really, really briefly toward the beginning of the uh, of the Fred Wolf series, and then they just kind of never did it again. Like, I like the dude, they've done that at least two or three times already in the Nickelodeon version, where, you know, she shows up, you know, doing something that, like I said, you know, uh, planting some sort of tracker or, you know, like yeah. uh, helping the turtles infiltrate a building or something. That sort of just, thing. That's pretty cool. You know, someone, some people on the forums have been, on the technical forums have been speculating, you know, you know, what we don't know about April. Like, you know, is there something about April we don't know? And a lot of people, including myself, the wonder, there's, what? There's, there's no, no, no. There's I will cut there. you. I, I think, I think she's half neutrino. Maybe, but how do, you, how do you get half of that? I think there's a decent amount. Well, of when a man and a woman love each other very much, <laughs> when a man and a man, well, it's just there's they... a decent and mounting amount of evidence to suggest in in the <laughs> mounting in the Nickelodeon cartoon that there is. I don't know. They might even be going towards the Volume Four origin. I don't know. Possibly. Maybe. Possibly. Hey, but you know what? Where's the mom? We... You know. We we no, need we need an, and I'm hoping that, that towards the end of the season that along with the final fight between Splinter and Shredder that we get an episode that it's dedicated to what the hell is up with April. Because oh, yeah. I think there just needs to be an April-centric episode. There I mean, don't get me wrong, I absolutely love the new cartoon, and I would go so far as to say that this version of Splinter and his interactions with his children are probably some of my favorite stuff in all of Turtle canon. They're, they're, they're a little more real than some of the other family-based vibes from other stuff from before. Like, you know, it's just kind of like, well, he's my brother, and we're brothers, so we're going to do brotherly things, brothers. 
And it's like, yes, I don't need to be reminded every two seconds. Maybe if instead yeah. they teased each other or something, I would understand. Yeah. Yes, they're brothers. Okay, let's go. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, that's completely off. Uh, you were going to say something, though, Andrew. Unless you already got it out. Well, no, I, I think I, my, my, my gripes about the Nickelodeon cartoon are probably to the extent of, like, you know, this is New York, the busiest city in North America, and there's no vehicles or people on the streets. But, but that's that's about it. As far as as far as April goes, like it doesn't like she showed up and her dad was kidnapped, and it became like this. Okay, that's why she's chilling with the turtles and stuff is to get her dad back. And there wasn't a whole lot of follow lot through of, on that. Follow through on that at all. But I mean, there was the, the one episode with the pigeon Pete or whatever. But I mean, there was not. You know, it's, I don't see a lot of yeah. that. She's just kind of there. Right. She's not doesn't seem terribly worried about her dad. Not going that. into the whole thing about the uh, about the, uh, the the empty streets and stuff, though, that is a very common joke amongst the people who watch that with me. It's just kind of like, oh, there's the yep. turtles taking up both they lanes did. of traffic in their subway yeah. car, and nobody's there to see it. They did, know, the exact, sort of thing. they did the exact same thing with Teen Titans back in the day. They did the exact same thing with that show, and that was 2D animated. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's... I, I think it's... I'm I'm willing every every time it comes on. I mean that's that's one of the things, and I watch it with my roommate, and we'll be like, "All right, here's our episodic version. Here's our Splinter abusing his children scene because there's one in every episode, and then here's the no one lives in New York scene." Um, and the fact that I, I I find it you know to be more of a joke than anything else is is fine. I mean I can understand that it's probably expensive to just generate background characters oh. and have to do animation for them, and that's. That's something I'm I'm willing to to suspend my disbelief on, but I'm kind of with Andrew on this. Yeah, I, I, I want to see April's aunt. She lives with her aunt. Why haven't we met her? It would be nice to have another chick on the show. And why don't we just even just a little bit, just a drawing of her? Aunt, I don't know. Yeah, you know, you know, the issue here. One of the issues here is you, you see, like it might be some kind of problem, but even reboot the first CG television show ever back in the mid '90s. It had, even though they weren't really humanoid, there were a lot of things running around at least. Yeah. Well, I mean, Archer does it all the time. They they actually, that's one of the running gags in Archer, is that all of the people in the background are always constantly recycled, and they're people who work in the building. Um, of the people who, like, create the show, they're just, like, office mates. And so right. I'm kind of confused as to, I guess, why Nick doesn't do that, but I don't know what the production values are, how much it, it costs well, then, to, if to you look pay at it, if you... Sean Astin and Jason Biggs <laughs> and Michael Sipes and Rob Paulson. I, I guess... My opinion on this is like, if you're going to do these episodes where the turtles bust on the street with a streetcar and all that stuff, and they, they haven't had the time or the, you know, the the, the, the the men power to do to generate all these extra cars or people or stuff, then then you know there's no rush. Save that episode for later when you can. I mean, just I don't know. <laughs> right. Well, if, if you can't show, it goes to the the whole ninja thing. Not. I mean, I, I'm hip to the fact that this is not you know for anyone other than. Uh, then, then my, uh, yeah, you know, my four-year-old friend's kid, who I sent some coloring books to based on the series. But, yeah. Your <laughs> four-year-old kind of, friend's they are, kid? They are kind of still supposed to be ninjas in the whole thing. I mean, and the show has has been pretty cool about them sneaking around and being relatively ninja-like. They even got the climbing claws and this and that. Right. So then a lot of other incarnations. But, I mean, like the, as soon as they're rolling around the streets, and not, not just the, the subway car, but the what are those little... Dune buggies that connect and separate. Yeah. Inside. I kind of like that. One. Know, that sucks the wind out of you know anything. It's like, what are they doing? It's... Yeah, they're trying to sell. 
They're trying to sell toys. That's what they're trying to do. Yeah. And those <laughs> traffic cameras, they're going to be on the fucking news. There's a lot of toys being sold in a lot of shows. I mean, you mentioned shows like Transformers and Power Rangers. All of those, they sell a crap load of toys. That's like their main drive. Yeah, Not well. That's an excuse, though. Well, you know, it's kind of, it's also kind of funny, you know, looking at that show. If you look at the signs in the background, the shops and stuff like that, pretty much most of that show takes place in like the same five blocks or something. Oh it's yeah. It's kind of like it's just kind of like that little section, that little neighborhood is like the only place where anything happens, and there's just like hardly anybody there. I don't know. Um, yeah, like, like the episode with the what was the one where where, uh, uh, where the two dudes were mutated and there was the big mutagen containment unit on top of the building and they were running around. Right. There was that. There was that. Excellent follow shot of from behind. What was it? Michelangelo as he's running around the building. Uh, uh, that, that one. Um, yeah. Laser beams are flying all over the city, like bright purple yeah. laser beams all over the city. It's like uh, <laughs> uh, there's nobody. Yeah, uh, no uh, one notices. At a certain point, it's like okay, whatever. But it's still, it's. Oh my god! <laughs> you know I, what I, else? I, yeah. Hey, you know what else? Someone knows. Remember the episode? Remember the episode with Pulverizer in one. Yeah. And one in, in the backflash scene, in the flashback scene, where he's telling about how how they how he first saw them in that right. flashback, he's wearing the costume. Yeah, we kind of noticed that and laughed about it. Speaking yeah. of pulverizer, I'm convinced his real name is Zach. Yeah, yeah. That's one. That's another thing I was trying to get at earlier is that you know I actually I for one love Zach from the original cartoon of always had because he reminds me of me. But then you know I can understand why some other people don't like him. You know. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, but anyway, but like going back to uh, the movie, which I guess is what we're supposed to be talking about. Um, I, I mean, so a lot of people uh, like earlier, I tried to open up with the whole Michael Bay thing, and we touched upon it a little bit. But like, I I like to joke. Hey, by the know, way, what the happened? Whole, like, What's his name? I'm right here. No, the other guy. Which other guy? The the other guy. The I can't remember his name. Check your chat. Yeah. But no, uh, in any in who's, any case, who's no, recording I, now? Andrew. What? That wasn't recording. I, I thought you. Okay, <laughs> whatever. I thought you were recording. Oh, we're sunk. Yeah. Oops. No. Okay. So, in any case, um, in, in any case, uh, I, I like to you know I like to joke about. Uh oh. That was gentlemanly. Yeah, no, I, I like to joke about, um, you know, like, oh, no, Michael Bay's attached and blah, blah, blah. Even though he's not the director, he's probably not going to be standing around there every day, all day, throwing out direction and stuff like that. But really, like, what, what kind of influence, like, Andrew, you said you saw his, his you saw his fingerprints on some stuff. You know, what kind of influence uh, is, is, do you guys think he's going to likely have as a producer, you know, for this? Well, I mean, he's, he's going to be bringing his, his peoples and he's going to be... I believe he will be present on set and in all storyboarding sessions and all that kind of stuff. His his fingerprints will be on pretty much every facet of this, from the casting to the the look and the feel. And uh, it's not too unlike, you know, uh, for example, like Red Tails. Like George Lucas is like, yeah, I don't want to direct this shit, but I'll find some somebody to direct this shit, and I'll be over their over their shoulder to kind of, you know, let them do the heavy lifting. But you know, I'm the one whispered in their ear, like, hey, make sure they. Make sure they do this and this, and I want to see. We're we're gonna see slow walking away from a, an explosion. We're gonna see the color palette be teal and orange, uh, and we're probably gonna see at least one or two cheesecake poses. Plus a lot of explosions. 
Yeah, lots of it. But you have to walk away from the explosions and not turn around and look at them while you're going. I'm okay with explosions and stuff. My my, my only concern with the movie is is the story. And uh, what we have seen so far of the leaked script is horrifying. Colonel uh, Schrader. Granted, they did did halt production and say, "Uh, uh, you guys, uh, we're going to revisit the script and we'll we'll delay things three months and we're going to be back at it. And, uh, yeah, I, I guarantee you that the things they set in motion with that script wouldn't be changing all that much in that time. I mean, there would already be costume designers higher. There would already be concept artists higher. Things would already be set in motion at that point. I mean, three months out, it's pretty much the way it's going to be. Anything that would change from that point on would be pretty minuscule, I believe. Hmm. Which, you know, again, that kind of... Well, I don't know. Like, I'd say, like, the big thing, you know... Um, like I keep, it keeps coming in my head again. Like, what is it, Colonel Schrader or whatever? You know, yeah. the their 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 shredder is some guy whose name is a pun on shredder. You know, Maybe. he does that low talking so very well. Really, uh, yeah, that's no one really. <clears throat> but yeah, that's that's the thing that really uh, kind of. That's like the big thing. Like it's not even like the aliens thing. I'm just kind of like, yeah, yeah, aliens thing. It's like, but Shredder is not. You know, like he's a he's a legit military guy or something. It's like, it's like I'm I'm surprised to myself. Like I hear the aliens thing. Like the aliens thing was the big was the big hubbub a while back. And like all I had towards that is like apathy. It's like, eh, I feel like I should be angry about that, but it's like, no, let's. The story is. This is not going to be a good movie, people. Who cares if they're aliens or not? It's not. Eh. That won't change the quality of the movie. You know, at the end of the day, you know, he's got to remind himself, it's just a movie. I mean, we're always going to be able to fall back on the comics or the cartoons or whatnot. And it's like, you know, I mean, if it's good, it's good. If it's bad, it's bad. I just. No, I mean, because the whole thing is like, you know, public mindsets and public acceptance of the turtles and like, you you have to kind of step back from things for you know a few years. Let the let the public kind of you know let let the last perceptions kind of ebb and fade. And now yet now you have a chance to kind of try something else. And then they did that with like the 2007 movie. It it, it was abysmal to put it to put it lightly. And uh, now they have this new chance, and it sounds like they're kind of blowing it. But but on the other hand, I'm I'm kind of glad they're kind of uh, busting their nut as far as the. Uh, Fred Wolf revival type of angle, and uh, I, I believe it will make some money, uh, nominally at least, and uh, I don't know, I, I kind of want them to get this out of their system, so at some point down the line we can get something that's actually, you know, Ninja Turtles, but I don't know. So, so, something more oh. more akin to the first movie or better? Well, yeah, I mean, the, the, like I said before, it's like the, the, the first movie is, the irony is like the first movie is like the most success they've had, you know, in... In, in mainstream media and movies in particular and uh, and guess what that was pretty much as close as things have ever gotten to the source material and no one's like is that coincidence like the one time they kind of got it right was when they kind of got it close to the source material and now what they do for an encore on two and three and four and now this movie is like well, well fuck that let's 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 go as far away from that as we can let's 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 bring in these other universes and stuff these spinoff, these spinoff they universes. keep re- I, I, they I, keep recreating the wheel like, no. which is 
We don't need another origin story. Every single effing comic book movie we get these days is an origin story. We don't need an origin story. We need a good story. You, you know, just get it right and follow through, and don't worry about you know. Um, the, you, you, the whole the whole thing is when they when they did the whole the whole thing is a lot a majority of the fans a vast majority of the fans aren't in fact kids at this point. They're adults that would be old enough to appreciate the barrage stuff being just as is without editing. They don't need to, like, you know, make it all kid-friendly. I mean, ki- kids will go uh, see it anyway. Are... It's rated R. The, pa- the, the parents who want their kids to see the movie will bring them along. I mean, the, the proof is in the, in the numbers. I mean, the, the first movie was the most successful, and it's... The first movie paid for the Lord of the Rings movie, for crying out loud. There's no way New Line Cinema, who only really had Nightmare on Elm Street as their main property, could have even been anywhere near being able to give Peter Jackson the amount of money he needed to make that before Turtles. And I thought Elm Street was a good movie. Huh? Actually, you know what? A few years back, a few years back, I had a friend who we were we were going on about like, you know, what they did with the Transformers. He was a big Transformers fan. He was he was also a bit. We were also both big fans of like Superman, Spider Man, and so many other characters. And we we were always going on about how he was always going on about how what they need to do is create a, a a company that takes these iconic characters we all know and love. And see to it that when a cinematic version is made of those characters, that they do it right. They don't. They don't. Uh, yeah, they stay true to the Illuminati of exactly comic book quality control. Yeah, with that, it's not going to happen. I would love to see that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the United just, Nations just, of comic book movies. Not just comic book voodoo movies, but voodoo. Not just comic book movies, but like video game movies and. Oh god, video game video game movies need them even more than comic book movies. Jeez. Yeah. It just it's all it, we the the problem is and you'll you'll at least this was my my problem with Watchmen and my problem with Zack Snyder in general. The man has cinematography down. His movies are beautiful, but he adheres so closely to the source material that they don't have any life to them. That's not, well, look at look at the new trailer for Superman uh, Man of Steel. That, that's, oh, they yeah. are not sticking to the source material at all whatsoever. But it looks well. No, awesome. no. But I, I mean, I haven't I haven't seen, and that's the thing. I mean, I, I don't get me wrong. I love uh, Watchmen, but Watchmen wait, had no wait, wait. soul. In what way? In what way are they not sticking to the, to the source material? Your soul is uh, mine. Krypton doesn't go bluey, and uh, huh? Superman's not as powerful. And uh, suffice to say, there's, there's a lot of things. A lot of things. Wait, wow! I don't know. Wow! His planet didn't explode. That's, that's Krypton still. So you mean his parent? So you mean Jarell and his Jarell and his wife are still alive then? No, I, I believe they get killed, but the planet survives. Or at least that's for a crazy. Until the next movie, when Brainiac probably blows it up or something. But, <laughs> but there, there is a way. There is there is a way to make a good movie. Okay, so my my examples for sticking to the source material to tightly and making a boring lifeless movie are Watchmen 300 and the first two Harry Potter movies all four of those movies stuck very closely to so closely to the source material that they didn't have a story of themselves you know let's pretend you had never read the source material and that was your first exposure to this thing would that be so bad um if it if you don't have a movie with a st- yeah because I think they were boring the uh, what, what, people I know who had never read Harry Potter before went into the movie and was like those were really 
really I'll, I'll, boring. I'll, I'll grant you the Harry Potter first two movies. In fact, I agree with you. I, I had never read any Harry Potter Harry Potter books. I was bored to tears by the first two, particularly the second one, Chamber of Secrets. Uh, but Watchmen, I know a ton of people that had never read the graphic novel, and they, they watched that and were just blown away. It was pretty, but I, I just, I found the movie pretty lifeless. Oh, I wouldn't, as someone who had read the comic beforehand, I went in and I was like, oh, this is a motion comic. He didn't take the story and do anything with it. <laughs> well, see, that's, that's, that's the beauty of comic books. It's like, like you make a movie and you do storyboarding. Well, the beauty of comics is, guess what? If they are storyboards. Wait, but, but that's the thing. I've already read that story. If well, that's well, 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 why well, do you need a director? Well, what, what, what about Sin City? Wasn't that pretty close to the uh, source material? It yes, was an amazing movie. Sin, Sin City was really good, but they also they also made changes and they they did things to kind of further they the story along, which which made but it. A, but it wasn't the, what is, it wasn't the biggest number of changes ever. Well, no, no, but what I'm saying is there is a way to make a movie that is faithful to the source material, but that the source material doesn't drown it and it's still a compelling story. So I'm not saying that this new Turtle movie isn't doesn't have to I don't want it to attach everything there was so much changed in uh, Prisoner of Azkaban that was a good movie that was like an entertaining movie I wanted it to keep going I was like this you is funny. this is great it wasn't just and yeah. now splash hey, bing, bing. that was my favorite Harry Potter movie. but and then yeah. last that's time, actually I, you can't say that Watchmen didn't make some pretty significant changes, particularly in the third act. I mean, and what what happened to the giant squid thing? Particularly in the third act. Well, the, you know what? I think they probably wouldn't have changed it if the TV show Heroes hadn't completely stolen its final act of season one from Watchmen. That's how season one of Heroes ends with. Well, you're not. I never watched Heroes either or Lost, but you know what? Um, it was on my list until I read horrible things about the later episodes. Getting back to Harry Potter, though. Uh, Prisoner of Azkaban was actually the first one I saw, and that's actually got me into the franchise. It's a good movie. Yeah, it's a I liked it. solid movie. It has I, I, I got into the franchise the book. It's not just exposition. People in the background are doing stuff. These you you look in, and it's like people are alive, and they're they're doing things. They're not just pontificating from on high. They're actually acting. It, there is a way to do it, to be faithful to the source material, at least enough not to get all the P's and Q's and the I's dotted and the T's crossed, but to get the spirit of the thing. You know? <laughs> Basically, you, you, you could adapt the series accurately without adding every single underlying, bolded, and exclamation point in the comic bubbles. Exactly. Exactly. And I am I running to the store yeah. to help you know Superman. Well, you know what's kind of funny about Harry Potter is that's one of those few franchises that only have two incarnations the novels and the and the movies there's no others there's no well, there's, there's no uh, there's plenty of examples of also also you know video games there's probably yeah. there's probably some uh comic adaptations no i don't think there's been a graphic novel of harry potter but there's some fan comic adaptations games. you do have the uh well there there was someone a few years ago back when wizard guide to comics was still relevant where they actually asked a bunch of people to draw treatments for that. And someone did a, why doesn't someone do a Harry Potter comic that takes place? Because, I mean, each book is a year at school, and a whole bunch of crap happens at that school. You could easily make a comic book series to fill in the gaps between major plot points. Remember that day Harry missed school because of that, that, that horrible disease he got? Even, 
even follow another one of the kids. I mean, there are so many effing characters in that. Mm. We're getting off the topic, and I'm already proven myself to be a gigantic Harry Potter nerd to begin with. Um, we, we are people who go on tangents. Bing, will you go out with me? <laughs> but uh, yeah, but it is like we're we're kind of going off on this tangent and stuff like that. But it is related to what we're talking about in the fact of yeah. how much how important is it for us to you know, for them to stick directly to the source material versus coming up with just an entertaining story in the first place. And where does that balance need to be struck? And, yeah. you know, that's that's why we haven't really tried to stop uh, that, ourselves that, 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 before this point. That, that, that's, that's a trick. So many times, 95% of the times, they're going closer to going way out there than they are closer to sticking to the source material that we don't know where the other boundary is. We know where one boundary is where you're going too far away, but we don't know where the boundary is of going too close because it's just been done so few times. You know, I think right. that's one of the things that the new cartoon gets really right is the Turtles and Splinter, they feel like a family. You know, it's one yeah. of the one of the first times we've seen recently where they do pick on each other and there are running gags. And yes, mm. the characters are a little more two dimensional than, you know, maybe I would like or anyone else would like. But you still get a sense that there's there's a sense in the voice acting. Yeah, that which, which kind of yeah, go ahead. makes it. It completely makes it. Yeah, and then and that's that's kind of that was something I brought up earlier with the whole we're brothers, so brotherly yeah. brother, 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 you know, and it's like I feel like when dialogue like that comes along, it's just kind of like, this was written by an only child. <laughs> yeah. You know, as well, like, the new cartoon. Like, I feel like, like the Nick cartoon, you know, has input from people who did grow up in big families and stuff like that. Because it just seems a bit more natural in how they interact with each other. Oh. Not even in just, like, you know, like, the big important moments or anything like that. But, like, how, like, you see, like, uh, there was one episode where, like, toward the beginning of it, Raph and Leo were playing... Uh, like a hockey game or something and like the way they kind of teased each other as like Raph won. And then like at the end of the episode, Raph didn't beat Leo's high score on a different video game and the way they're teasing each other about it and stuff like that just, that seemed a lot more natural than like, you know, in, in previous incarnations at certain points during that part, it's like, all right, brother, I'm going to kick your ass, brother. Ah, ha ha, brother. And and it was funny. The it 2007, was funny. the the Imagine movie was like that. That was like the first thing on the drinking game I found online for was anytime they talk about brotherhood drink. I'm mm -hmm. Like, no, I like my liver. Thank you. Kindly. This, this, this reminds me of a direct, a direct, uh, non, a direct literal translation of a Japanese show where everyone's just like, brother, brother. Oh, you mean Full Metal Alchemist? Basically, yes. You know what's funny? Um, in the original cartoon, they were a lot more. They were a lot more like frat buddies that. And brothers. I approve of that. Yeah. <laughs> Make them frat bros. Yeah, and I, I mean, that's there, there are a few themes in the new movie that if they stick to, I will leave feeling like I have, I have, I have well spent my money. Uh, I, I need them to have the family aspect. My favorite scenes from the 2007 movie were that the scene in the kitchen where Splinter walks through. That to me seems like the most one of the, the few genuine moments in that movie. That was they're genuine. just sitting around being a family. I need a family content. I need April to have a three dimensions, and I don't mean just her bust. And and I would like a movie without a plot hole large enough to fly like you know a seven forty seven through. You, 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 my you, expectations are not real high. Speaking of Mako, is still my favorite Splinter, and even though that's not a popular opinion, I, I miss Mako. He's a good you voice know, actor. I I love. I just started watching uh, Samurai Jack is streaming on Netflix. Ah, uh, Aku. 
And of course, you know, Uncle Iroh will be hands down one of my favorite cartoon characters He's ever. Good as well. uh, yeah, yeah. So it's funny. You know, it's funny about that. Um, what's his name? Uh, the guy that plays Baxter Stockman, he was the voice of Samurai Jack. The guy that played Baxter Stockman. Phil Lamar. Yeah, he's yeah, amazing. Yeah. Phil Lamar does everything. He, he does. He was, oh my God, he was, uh, he was uh, Stack Shock. He was Green Lantern on, on Justice League. So many others. He, he was Vamp in uh, Metal Gear Solid 2. And of course, it was on, of course, it was Matt TV. He played some funny, yeah. he did some funny shit on Matt TV. John Stewart's yeah, Green Lantern. Sounds like he's done more than Stephen Blum. That's impressive. I remember when I first got into Justice League, and I was like, every time I heard the name John Stewart, I just thought of John Stewart, the Jewish guy on The Daily Show. Yeah, they right. uh, they actually made that joke on the uh, the most recent Green Lantern cartoon hmm. towards towards the end of the series. They uh, because Hal Jordan ends up on the other side of space because Hal Jordan couldn't stay in his sector of <laughs> his life effing depended on it. And they're like, "Who replaced me?" Some guy named John Stewart, and he's like, "Oh, the TV comedian." And then they just kind of left with it. And I was like, <laughs> "Well played, well played, nice. Giancarlo Volpe." You know, what yeah. what you were saying earlier on about uh, you, you basically what you're saying is you want the bonds that you get from the, the new cartoon, but the more depth of character that you, we've gotten in certain other adaptations of the characters. That would be nice. I kind mean, of, kind of a mixture, too. Three-dimensional characters with three-dimensional bonds. It can't just be 2D, 1, 3, I don't three, even the need other. the turtles to be three-dimensional. I just need them to have a family bond. The only one I'm requiring to be th- three-dimensional is April. They got That's a it. they got a pretty good family bond out of the original movie as well. Uh, mm. I mean, it was and it, it, it was definitely in no way overstated either. You know, it was. <laughs> it, it, I mean, maybe maybe in the it's you know them against yeah. the world sort of thing, but the only thing but see, I like that. That's one of my favorite themes about turtles is the it's them versus. The I, I, I guess we could just we could just all agree that that is in fact the best adaptation of the franchise. Oh, hands down, and it's still in my top five of best comic book movies ever made. Because yeah, it's, to this such, point, it's, I, it's a good movie. I can still go back and completely watch that unironically. It's not like, you know, going through some later season episode of, you know, the original cartoon, just being like, all right, how long until I get drunk? Or, yeah. or Secret of the Ooze? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, it, it, it's, it's a movie, while it's not perfect, it could be better. It's still pretty damn good. Mm. And it's got Cousin Oliver from the Brady Bunch, which blows well, my effing mind. <laughs> it was it was great for its time. I mean, compared to other comic book movies, especially coming several years later. Yeah. No, it was it was something that looked like it. It was something that was written in a way that looked like yep. it should have come out probably a little bit after like the X Men movie came out in terms of, you know, in terms of uh, actually being somewhat you know a comic book movie that people would like. Uh, speaking of speaking of X Men, yeah. your uh, your Wolverine avatar, you kind of look like you kind of look like one of the guys from. From Big Bang Theory in that picture. I <laughs> oh, mean, on Twitter or on uh, or here on Skype. Here on Skype. Oh yeah. No, my friend brought that over because uh, because I have chops, and he's like, "Here's your year. You have a Wolverine mask." And I'm like, all right, cool. We'll do a couple goofy pictures with it. Can we call you Starburns? Do what? No. Can we call you? No, no one watches Community. I was going to say, can we call you Starburns? <laughs> Nobody watches name on Community. I catch it at work sometimes on my break, uh, but that's about it. Uh, I just I, made I, a Big Bang Theory reference. What does that tell you? <laughs> well, same. You know, like really, you know what's go- you know what's been going on on my TV uh, for the past several days. Um, my girlfriend watching Justice League constantly. 
So, which is not a bad thing at all. No, no, that's um, also now streaming on. I think is it Netflix? It, it, yeah, it, Netflix. It it can, it can end well if she makes if she makes you dress up as Batman. She doesn't have to make me do that. I'm done I don't know. Anything. I was gonna say it ends well for her if, if she dresses him up any oh. of those characters, yeah, I especially to say Hot Girl. Oh, I know. Uh, I wanted to say before, you know, one thing. One thing that did sort of bother me about the first movie, looking back on it, was it did. In the, in early on in the movie, it did seem a little too Raphael centric, but then later they kind of give the other guys a little more screen time. Well, that 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 does come from the fact that they did they did adapt the uh, the Raphael one shot from the uh, original comic. Mm. Well, they not they did that, and then they they in order to make it kind of keep flowing, they took Leonardo number one and made it all about Raphael. Everybody everybody loves the antihero. I mean, he was my fir- my favorite turtle when I first got into turtles. It was also um, during a time in comics where the antihero was the thing. Oh yeah, Wolverine. You know, the nineties. It was it was it was antiheroes and pouches. Oh my god, pouches. and no feet, no feet. By the way, we, we were talking about we were talking about uh, Justice League earlier. I saw a really. Uh, a friend on Facebook posted a really funny picture of Batman spray painting a sign on the wall. Superman is Clark Kent, and I I thought you know it'd be funny if someone followed that up with the Flash Flash spray paint. Yeah, no shit, Sherlock. <laughs> no, but uh, but like everyone loves the antihero. Plus, also the first part of that movie was so raft centric because I mean there was a kind of a decent chunk of it for for a ninety minute movie anyway, a decent chunk where he just wasn't even around. So. Yeah. You know, like after he got beaten up and everything, it kind of became like th- there was no Raphael at all. Tossed him into a. Uh, I mean, I, I remember up. I remember playing along with that movie with a couple friends once while it was on. Like we were pretending we were the characters and everything. This was probably like three days ago. No, um, <laughs> <laughs> when I when I was a kid and uh, like I was playing as Raphael, and then Raphael, you know, he gets beaten up and everything, and I'm kind of just sitting there on the couch, you know, pretending to be yeah. unconscious for what oh, seemed forever one time. for like. Seven one time years. I was at the, one time at, uh, just, this was like about uh, around 2006. Um, uh, I got invited by this. I got invited by this nice girl, nice girl uh, that from my speech class to her graduation party, and um, I asked a buddy of mine if he wanted to go too. And um, this was the same one who was also into Superman and other stuff and Transformers. Anyway, yeah. we were we we're hanging out at the party. Neither of us really knew anyone, and the only reason I was there because I was close. I was good friends with the girl. Anyway, he and I were just hanging out, and he just said, it comes out, nice night. And, and, and I go, Pizza Dude's got 30 seconds. <laughs> and then we just, nice. we just start reciting that whole scene. Him as Donatello, me as Michelangelo. That's neat. Yeah. All right, I want to I add something to my list of things I need from this movie. All right, so thus far we've got strong family dynamic. I need a three-dimensional April O'Neil, and I would like Michelangelo and Donatello to have more face time. Definitely. Because oh, yeah. we never see enough. It's always of, Leo and Raph. It's always Leo and Raph. And don't get me wrong. I mean, that fight scene in the 2007 CGI movie was a fangirl. My heart exploded. It grew three sizes and then went boom. Um, and I, I'm done. Batman That's it. That's, Superman for Turtles yeah, fans. It's, it's all I needed. But now I want this next movie to concentrate on on Mike and Don. Because so you want more? I want, Give me more. Now get start it. singing a Disney song. Um... No. <laughs> Think about what, actually, actually, the first thing that came to mind for me was uh, when you said that was uh, Queen. I won it all. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Always go good with Queen. Right, I will, I was, I will I was sing. I thinking about Britney Spears. Yeah. <laughs> Andrew Dean thinking about Britney Spears. I think Hell oh, just oh, come, oh, oh, come on. You're the Highlander guy. You should at least have thought of Queen first. 
What the hell's wrong with you? Get out. Wow, now yeah, I think there's pigs flying out the window. <laughs> so that's all I'm so, asking. Michael Bay, Platinum Dunes. You will, you will make my, my heart sing. It will leap like gazelle. Stromly family dynamic, three dimensional mm-hmm. April, more more Mikey and Don. Those are all those are all good things, I'll admit. But the question is, will they do them? Yeah, more than likely, Mike will, Mikey will be a punchline guy. So you know. Uh, personally, I, I could forgive a lot if the uh, if the level of fighting and, and quote unquote ninja action is is rather high, and they actually use their weapons and not just block block kick like even in the first movie. Like, True. At one point, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, because no. at one point, no, no, didn't Kevin Eastman, didn't Kevin <laughs> they actually kill people at one point, at one point that it, like, they were really inspired by, uh, the raid redemption and like, uh, the sea lot that was going on yeah, in that movie. Uh, Kevin, uh, I've talked to, yeah, he's, he's a big proponent of making the fight scenes like the raid, but, but yeah, I'm, con- I'm, con- I'm concerned. Like number one, do we even know this is going to be a PG-13 movie? I don't, I don't know that it is. And even if it's, even was... if it is, you're not going to get. The raid was all like gory, visceral stuff. You're not going to even be able to do that in PG-13, and we don't even know if it's going to be PG-13. It could be PG like every other turtle movie, and and that. Well, they 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 could try to make it. They could try to make it PG-13. They could try to make it a PG-13 like a uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre was PG-13 and really what? push the envelope. What was the uh, what was the rating? PG-13. I thought it was PG-13. No, the remake. No, no, not the remake either. No. No. What was the rating for the first Hunger Games movie? Uh, Maybe it was PG. 13, sure. PG. Well, then I think with that making as much money, with that young adult market, you we might we might be able to see a PG thirteen Turtles movie. Uh, if, they, they, if they do a PG thirteen, they need to do a hard PG thirteen, like really push the hell out of it. I'm it, I'm thinking it, for some reason I had this idea in my head and I'm not sure like if I if it's founded on anything at all that you know with a bigger corporation that's all tied together with Viacom, Paramount, Nickelodeon, all that stuff w- with the way it all ties together in, in terms of making this new movie that maybe they could push a little harder to actually make it a PG-13 film like most other comic films unlike when Mirage owned it and they were just kind of like okay you know in terms of you know making yeah, it a PG movie do you, do you really see them trying to do that do you really see them trying I mean, to I, I think the popularity like of the new cartoon might make that problematic cuz you're going to have a bunch of little kids who watch the new cartoon who are going to want to go and see that movie and they're Yeah, but there was that, that new in. Transformers cartoon that was on, you know, at the same time that the second movie came out that was all, you know, That's ball true. Jokes and shit. I mean, That's true. That's very true. There is the whole thing with Platinum uh, uh, not, yeah. not ever having made a, a less than PG-13 movie and uh, Yeah, The Hunger Games was PG-13 according yeah, to IMDb. That's, that's PG-13. And l- I mean, far could, less I, I, violent than the source material. I mean, I could see it not being like a hard PG-13 or anything, but like PG-13 enough that they could actually do like some actual fight scenes, right. you know, PG-13 and not... Minimum, I mean, if, to even be worried about it being PG is, is, is as asinine now as it was with the first movie, because it's like, okay, yeah. number one, we're, these are, we're watching a movie about teenagers. Can we not at least get a rating that is okay for teenagers to watch? Is that so much to ask? I guess it is. I don't know. Uh, I, I was mistaken. They tried to get a PG rating, but they uh, pushed it just a little too far. I think. Uh, well, I, I think then again, you know, the, the first Turtles movie, if it were rated today, it probably would not be a PG movie. No, so. not at all. 
What? Someone got someone got hit by a fist while he was holding nunchucks? Definitely hard R, you know. But it's okay if she flashes her boobs. That they, that's fine. They, they, they said ninja PG thirteen. Kids smoking cigar. Yeah, that's a lot of things. Yeah. Yeah, that that can't oh be done. Oh my god! Now. Yeah, Sam Rockwell is a kid smoking a cigar. Um, regular or menthol? And I always thought, you know, I remember a while back. I thought, you know, I wonder if anyone ever, I wonder if anyone took a took like, I wonder if anyone was ever ever uh, bothered by the scene where where Shredder killed. Yoshi and Tang Shin. I wonder if that led led to like a lot of parental groups pissing and moaning. Well, that's probably part of that's probably a big part of why you know the secret of the ooze became as it was compared to the first movie is because you yeah. know parental groups and whatnot. Yeah. I imagine how they would have flipped if they'd kept that origin uncut with uh, just the Shredder beating a woman and then getting punched to death. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think that would have flown in any sense unless the Turtles never became that popular in the first place. Yeah. So there was just some small independent cult film. Quentin oh, Tarantino comic. brings yeah, us. Okay Quentin Tarantino would do it. Yeah. Well, and then actually yeah. right up Quentin Tarantino's alley with his whole his whole cribbing heavily from kung fu action theater. Right. It would just be the next stage from the Kill Bill. Just throwing yeah. the Turtles. Oh, sorry. Uh, you see, you see the turtles run up. They see Shredder. Yeah, I wouldn't even mind. Like, I, I mean, I kind of have like a little bit of a thing for like maybe the turtles actually using I don't know Japanese martial arts, you know, in the fight scenes and stuff like that. But easily forgiven. Like, I really like it'd be. Oh, that's neat if they did that. But if they went with like the sea lot angle and stuff, you know, from uh, the raid. I, I could still totally get into it. I mean, in the same sense that, like, you know, uh, KFM, uh, which is what uh, they used in the recent Batman movies for, uh, you know, Batman's ninjutsu or whatever, you know, that has nothing to do with anything related to Japanese martial arts. But I was like, hey, whatever, it's cool. Yeah. You know, going back to the casting of Splinter, um, do we know whether or not that particular actor is doing the voice work for him? Because it wouldn't be the first time someone has stood in for a CG character and not provided the voice. I'm and thinking that's, specifically that's exactly Abe, kind of Abe Sapien. We don't even know if the turtle actors are doing the voices, do we? No, we don't. I would assume they would, but yeah, no, I mean, we don't. You're absolutely right. But <laughs> if they weren't going or to, I can't imagine the why the they wouldn't side, use stunt. The flip side is we don't even know if that's maybe all they're providing is the voices, right? Right. No, no. One of the actors has been has been mentioning um, there there are interviews. Of course, I don't have a, a citation to sort you guys for this, um, but there has been a mention of one of the actors talking about being in the motion capture suits. Oh, okay. So I think the actors are doing, but that could just be again that could just be for walking around, and they could have completely different stunt people doing motion capture movement. Which now that I think about it, would be kind of awesome. It could just be orbital wobble. Um, but I mean. Abe Sapien from the very first Hellboy movie was had a different voice actor. Uh, that, that, that's, that, that is the trick. Sometimes they might just change up actors at the last minute, or they might be doing like the split, like you said. They could be having people standing in for the uh, for the actual movement, the mapping into the skin. Yeah. It, 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 that, that is really the trick. 
that's part of why I asked earlier. It's like, why are they casting this guy as Splinter? Is it because like he would have made is is like is something about the way he acts actually like did they see something else he did where they said you know what he'd play a great father figure or is it you know like you said you already feel white liberal guilt coming on but it's because he's <laughs> no, small so you know. I'm apologizing again because I'm 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 so sorry. That was I feel that that was like a really offensive oh. compliment or comment I should say to make. Um, I just I remember years back. I always thought the guy that played the guy that played Chris Farley's sensei in Beverly Hills Ninja would have made a good Splinter. Oh, that was a good movie. Yeah. I actually saw part of that recently for the first time in a long time. I, I remember for a long time winning a sequel to that movie and only later learning he died shortly after finishing it. Yeah. Oh, Chris Farley? Yes. You, you know what's really sad? I, I read in Wikipedia that that uh, Farley wasn't even proud of that movie. He just, you know, he felt like he was, he was, it felt, he felt like he was doing too many stunts. It was basically, you know, he didn't like, he didn't like being the bumbling idiot anymore. Well, yeah. he was, yeah. he wasn't exactly a very happy happy dude yeah that's sad it's, yeah. it's very sad he was a good comedian mm. yeah but in any case uh yeah. off that depressing note <laughs> right right this, where, where this escalated quickly Yikes. yeah where, where do i go from here geez i don't know um but yeah it, do does anybody have and I, I keep coming back to this whole colonel schrader thing but you know does anyone have any hope whatsoever that they're just gonna even if even if it's in the bumbling fred wolf sense you know they turn him back into just you know evil ninja master i mean it's not like it'd be that far out of the blue i mean it's just uh, i'd mutant, like to think so you've got mutant turtles already you know it, it's not it's not going to be you know that totally there's, there's nothing about the source material that's too seri- silly they can't use. Yeah, I mean we are we are talking about Ninja Turtles here. I mean let's let's. If you're going to use the concept the at all, you got to just go with it. Mm-hmm. And I don't right. even mind them going completely out of left field as long as it's. I don't know. Well, even if they well even if they made him like some military guy, you know, like they, they could have been all like they could have at least used his real name. Been like, yeah. oh, this is this is you know Colonel Saki or something, Colonel Oroku. I can't remember, but you know Colonel Oroku Saki. Oroku is the family name, right? I can't remember if they did it backwards or forwards or whatever. No, they did it. They did it in the correct order. Okay. Yeah, it, it's so. the cartoon that confused that. That's oh yeah, that's one thing. It's funny looking back. It's funny like that. That was a one big inconsistency in both the original cartoon and even the four kids cartoon that bothered me because in the four kids cartoon. There were some moments where the mayor of New York called Karai Miss Saki. I'm like, don't do that. Like, you think Peter yeah. Lair would have caught? You think Peter Lair would have caught that? Yeah, which is why I said I, I kind of always get confused as to which one's supposed to be the family name because it's there was a there was a Rokunagi and then a Rokusaki. Right, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, so. Exactly. Yeah. Right. I mean, I remember like the the I remember like in uh, one of the Japanese versions, they even went as far as to change uh, Orokusaki's name a little bit to make it sound a bit more legit Japanese. Hey, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't get to mention this before. But like, um, you know, we don't talk much about the third movie, but you know, we're you know, people are always saying how crappy they thought the third movie was, but you know, I felt yeah, it could have been better, but you know, what really would have been cool. I remember, I remember when I uh, first got into the Mirage comics and my. My instant favorite character was Renette, and uh, you know all the people connected with her, like Savante Rom- Romero and Lord Simultaneous. Lord Simultaneous. I'm thinking, 
man, it would have been so cool if those guys had been in the third movie. Yeah, well, was, like you have the time I, I, traveling I, stick. Why not? Well, I liked. I mean, that was. I actually liked that storyline. That, that was. Uh, <laughs> Dooney did the art, either the the pencils or the the inking for the the story that they pretty much cribbed the third movie mm-hmm. from. Mm-hmm. Where they go back and fight the guy yeah. whose name starts with a ch that I could never pronounce correctly. Um, I think like I always said Cherubay or something like that. I can't remember. Ch- Ch- oh, I don't Cherubay. know. I can't but, remember. I, I mean, it. I really, I really like that that particular comic, and I just, I don't know. Oh, yeah, third movie with your lackluster. Yeah, it, that was it. Was, it was kind of neat when uh, when getting into the comics finally. When uh, I came to that part, and it's similar to like when they discovered the the TCRI building, you know, being like, oh, so that's where they got that story from. Yeah, it's it's a fun experience since I saw those three movies first, and then I went back to read the comics later on. I'm like, oh, hey, I remember that from that movie, and that's in a different order than I saw that movie, and that character was different in that scene. Yeah, I know. That, that's exactly how I felt when I first read the Mirage stuff. It was like, you know, it was really funny. It's like, like even even when I even like. When I learned about like where they got the ideas for like they got the idea for for when I started getting into da- when I when I saw the Daredevil and Electra movies and like you know I had oh, already yeah. known about how uh, I already knew about how the foot was based off the hand Splinter was fi- Splinter was based off of Stick and um, and of course the origins you know the origin stories you know I was just I was just talking to the, about this to a young friend how like you know uh, like even. Like even the guy, even the guy in the in the turtles origin story who gets hit in the face with he gets hit in the eyes with a with a cancer of ooze. Like a lot of people speculate that's supposed to be Daredevil. Yeah, and literally, literally this this I I you could almost say this uh, this was set. There's no need to speculate. That's fact. <laughs> this this it's, yeah. ba- it's basically set in the uh, in the in, in the Marvel universe if the if the vials kept bouncing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I mean, didn't Eastman and Laird originally try and sell the idea to Marvel or something? I, yeah, I remember reading that sometime as a kid. They they approached, from what I understand, they approached both DC and Marvel, and neither were really that interested. But yeah, the first. Ah, I mean, they they dedicate the first issue to Frank Miller because it's so heavily. Him, him, and Curtin were two of their biggest. On, uh, his run on Daredevil. You know, you know it's funny. Right. I can just imagine. I can just imagine Stan. I just I can just imagine them them going to Stanley and saying, "Hey, we got this great idea." And he sees us like, well, that's great. Well, that's great. He's, well, that's great. Hey, guys, I really like this. I'll give you some thought. He's like, get them out of here. And then, like, years later, the you know the cartoon and the movies take off, and Stan Lee's like, oh, man, I'm an idiot. Marvel tried to make their own fakes. I think Stan Lee had much to do with the comics at that time. Yeah, yeah, he was kind of gone at that point in more yeah. ways than one. Yeah. It's still a funny yeah. scenario. Yeah. Oh, welcome, true believers. Oh, you have an idea for he's, me. He, he's, he's just sitting in a chair streaming Excelsior at that point. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? You know what would be funny? Uh, uh, I got a, you know, I'm, I'm a, you know, I always thought it'd be fun to, I always think it'd be fun to meet Stan Lee because he, you know, he, uh, he's just, you know, no, I think it would be funny. See a conversation between Stan Lee and Kevin Eastman. That'd be funny. You know, mentioning on his influences, uh, they mentioned it in the commentary, but it always stuck with me when I first read the first issue, first issue, and even more issues, I started noticing, like, this is exactly how Jack Kirby opened every issue. You got your single page with a little bit of stuff, and then you got your yeah. double, immediately your, your, your double page with all the big splash. 
mm-hmm. which is something that gets mentioned over and over again by Kevin in those uh, oh hard, yeah yeah but, hardcover volumes. But I but I read like all of the Fourth World and several of other of Jack Kirby's works, and that's just what stuck to me so much. Is like that's how Kirby always did his thing, and that's pretty yeah. awesome. Right, right, right. Which I'm saying, like, yeah, that was totally confirmed by you know Kevin Eastman and. Uh, I know. I, that's why. That's why I told you that just a second ago. Mm. I, I was just saying that I noticed that even before they mentioned it. It's kind of like, mm. oh, this is what mm. they're doing. I, I see that kind of uh, that kind of association. Right, yeah. right. I have to admit that I'm I'm one of those kind of gestalt comic book readers. Like I have only recently, in like the past like two years, started really paying attention to specific writers and specific artists yeah. instead of just following characters. <laughs> um, it makes my, my entire reading experience a whole lot better. So anyone out there who's listening who is reading for characters, give that shit up. Start following people who you like whose yeah. stories you like because you'll have a much better comic book experience. Yes. But yeah, I mean, that's that's a level of something I never really paid attention to was layout and whatnot because I went into the story just automatically buying into the world and not paying attention to, like, the nitty-gritty details. Kirby had some amazing design choices that just Oh, out. totally. Which reminds me, I'm trying to catch up on about 10 years of X-Men at this point. I'm going with new X-Men and then Astonishing X-Men. Mm. Uh, so, you know, kind of keep out of, like, a lot of the major crossovers. You know, uh, I tried. I, I, keep, I keep telling myself I want to get into, I want to get into, like, like, um, I want to get in, I want to get back get into Indiana Jones, but it's like, you know, I keep telling myself I'm gonna do one of these days. I'm gonna get all get all the movies, watch them back to back. Well, it's not that many. Yeah, yeah, it's only a few. But then I'm thinking, oh, okay, that's easy to do. But then I look at something like Star Trek, and I'm like, oh my god, imagine how many hours I would have to I would have to have to devote to get to get to get um imagine how many hours I would have to spend. Devote to that franchise just to just understand what it's all about. I uh, I just recently finished a complete rewatch. Excuse me, I shouldn't say rewatch because it's the first time I'd ever watched it. Of watch. Next Gen. Yeah, my my first watch, my first go through of Star Trek Next Gen. Oh, it was amazing. it was interesting. Um, the future looks really stupid. Uh, that that's my review of the the, fu- the, the future is amazing. By the way, Bing huh. earlier when earlier when you were saying something, you were saying. I am one of those, and I almost start singing melodramatic fools. <laughs> I start singing Green Day. Yeah, you know, I I can understand the appeal of following a creator, but sometimes when you get to like creators like uh like Jack Kirby's, if they're long running, it's like it could be a nightmare. Like right now, I, I'm I'm trying to follow get all of uh, Osamu Tezuka's works, like the Godfather of manga, and he's got like over 150,000 pages of work over 40 years. That's like that's oh. a lot of stuff to collect. I've only got like nine, uh, six thousand or so. Yeah. You could always follow some a bit more recent, like you know, like Grant Morrison or whoever. I, I try to follow this guy. I'm I'm one of the I'm on the bandwagon, the the Fraction Hawkeye bandwagon. I think I'm going to go through and just start trying to find everything that Fraction's written. And the same thing with uh, Brian K. Vaughn. And, and so because I'm really and, loving Saga. And, bef- and before someone turns Hawkeye into a long conversation about Mash, let's uh, sure. limit our tangential abilities and return to the topic at hand. Mm. Oh yes, makes sense. we should probably wrap it up. Agre- yeah, I was thinking. Agre- I was thinking during this last tangent, I'm all like, "What can I bring it back to?" Is there anything <laughs> left? Uh, uh, final, final uh, thoughts. Uh, just, just worth a note before we go on. Uh, we we totally have a lot of material for like a, just a rambling uh, uh, bloopers episode or something to throw at the end of the episode. Me screaming at my mom to turn down the damn TV. <laughs> no, no but that, that, that'll actually be in the episode. I think. That's- <laughs> no, no editing. You'll just slap an intro in the front and say it's done.
<laughs> Stop it. <laughs> yeah. No. So so anyway, final thoughts. Um. So yeah, I'll I'll, I'll I guess I'll uh, I'll start off with myself. If Clunk will shut up, um, is that uh? Oh, there it is again. Yeah. So in any case, uh, like I said, my opinion is rather fluid of all this stuff. Uh, most of the pretty much most of the people who've been cast so far, I've never heard of them, or I've only seen them in a very limited number of things. I do hope that the action is a lot like you know the raid, but probably toned down for a PG thirteen audience. Um, whether they go with more of a Mirage or a Fred Wolf style thing, it's not really going to bother me that much either way. But uh, yeah, it's fluid. As I learn, as I learn more, I'll get more of an idea. Maybe get more excited. Maybe get less excited. I don't know. Who's next? Uh, my feelings are uh, are apathy bordering on negativity, uh, mostly in the sense that I don't really expect anything of this movie because everything I've read about it is pretty abysmal but again the only thing I care about is the story and everything I've read about the story is pretty much ass backwards from anything I want to see so it's hard to get excited about any aspect of this however as I said if if the action is at a level we haven't seen before on the screen with the turtles yet uh, at a level it probably should have been at to begin with I could forgive a lot I may even find something in this that I wouldn't expect to like possibly I don't think I will, but I am open to the idea of that, and I, I wait for this movie with, uh, with, with, with no hope, and, uh, and uh, yeah. we'll see. Oh, <laughs> uh, I, 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 I'm, I'm not quite. I'm, I've always been the more positive guy, but I, I'm also really getting into the comp, the original Mirage comic, most of all, and the Phantom. So I'm kind of leaning more towards Andrew, but at a safe, not so negative distance. I mean, I, I want it to be good, and I'm usually very positive, but I'm just kind of like on a borderline uh, neutral limbo plane of uh, apathy. Mm. Okay. I, I, I can care, it's just I haven't seen not enough reason to care. Mm. Makes sense. they got to give us something. They're not giving us anything to get excited about. Nothing. Nothing. It's got to be something for the fans. Oh. Yeah. Well, the way I see it, it's not made... Obviously, it's not made for us. That's the way. I, that's why I'm getting out of it. It's not made for us. It's made for little kids, and it's like that's just something we're gonna have to accept. And that's fine. But you know, let's let's get some. I mean, when I say give us something to get excited about, I don't mean give us as fans, because all two thousand of us that are gonna you know make the movie make six thousand bucks. Six thousand bucks. That's, <laughs> that's not gonna do anything for anybody. I, I mean. Us as as moviegoers, as people that like movies and stuff, they, they've given us nothing to get excited about. Michael Bay, as a producer, uh, the director, yeah, uh, they casted some no names. Uh, Megan Fox, okay, but that's there's literally nothing to get excited about. Yeah. Leak script, the opposite. Now now we actually have reason to be apprehensive towards this movie, but nothing to get excited about. I mean. Something like yeah, you'd think with you'd think with a large crew, someone would be able to realize that something's missing here. At least one person out of the well, entire freaking set. It wouldn't be the first, you know, gigantic budget movie that uh, that no one was there to, you know, steer the ship around. True, true. So my feelings on this movie, pretty much, um, I I am completely ambivalent to this movie. Um, I would like there to be the person at the helm to have an idea and I want them to 
use that idea to make a compelling story. Um, I don't need it to be faithful to the source material. If the turtles are going to be aliens, sell it to me. Make me okay that they're aliens. Give me a world that is so well constructed that I'm completely blown away and have lost the ability to give a crap about whether or not they're aliens. Give me characters that are three-dimensional. Give me actors that are competent. Um, give me give me something. Um, I would very much... I, I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited about this movie because it makes me excited to hear people talk about things that I like talking about. I'm not one of those hipster people who gets really pissed off when people who never liked something start talking. Like I'm, I'm not the kind of person who gets mad when I see someone reading The Hobbit because the next Hobbit movie is coming out soon. I want people to like the things that I like, and. It's for the first time ever in my life as someone who's been reading comic books since the age of 12 where I have more female friends reading comic books now than I have at any other point. And it's all because of those Marvel Avenger movies. And it's fantastic. And I like the enthusiasm. I love fandom. There's a reason why I consider going to conventions. It's like going to church for me. You know, it's, it's these are my people. I want something to be happy about. So that's really all I'm asking Platinum Dunes for. Give me a movie to be happy about. Because I'm sitting in my room right now, talking into a microphone, completely surrounded by turtle crap. I'm a 36-year-old woman. I have Ninja Turtle statuary sitting on one of my dressers. I have framed copies of the the original role-playing game book covers on my walls. Just give me something to be happy about. Tell me a good story. Give me compelling characters. Give me action explosions. And, and I'll, be, I'll be happy. I'm really not asking for a whole hell of a lot. And my, my expectations are so low <laughs> at this point because I, I just don't trust Michael Bay to give us anything other than softcore porn. And so, so that's kind of my thought on that. I, I think you've just, with your statement, you've just become the, uh, the dream girl of about 12 nerds. <laughs> If uh, if half of those nerds are also uh, also female, they can they can give me a call. <laughs> and you just added another twelve nerds. All right, everybody, thank you for listening to the Shellshock TMNT podcast. Uh, lots of rambling, lots of fun. Hopefully, uh, we'll catch you for our next episode. That was a very good one, Josh. Oh, you're such a whoopee. (sighs) Sorry. No, 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 that was me drinking. (laughs) I know, young Skywalker. You shall die. I will only accept this if it's the Teenage Mutant Ninja Utrons. Yeah, just just strike hard and fade away into the night, all right? Mm. Mm. Deuces. Two in the pink, one in the stink. Yeah, I'll be right back. All right. <laughs> this just got a whole lot inappropriate real fast. Jeff, you there? Life is inappropriate. <laughs> 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 God, I really 
hope that was someone smacking his face. <laughs> oh, well, now we can't use that. We can't use that as the opening. That's just that's bad. The O I don't opening. Know. I think I think if we're gonna if we're gonna do an entire episode about this god awful movie coming out, then then it needs to start with some prime primal scream therapy. Yeah, that's fine. No, I, I, they like to stalk me. Andrew will be walking out one day. He'll he'll see a crowd of like two or three people just stand in his yard dressed as turtle costumes with the uh, foam weapons. Yeah, and knowing 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 some of those fans, <laughs> knowing some of the fans, Andrew will invite them to take the shortcut home. I yeah. could actually, I could, I could, Andrew, I could actually imagine you kicking all of their asses while smoking cigarette. You know, <laughs> he wouldn't even he wouldn't even lose the end of it. Like there would be a long ash. And the ass kicking would happen, and he wouldn't even it'd drop be, the ass. It'd be a very Brock, he, he, Brock he, Samson kind of moment. He'd drop oh, it off right on their heads after they fell down. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> dramatically at the end. Uh, 